Okay, we're live. It's news to us the week of May 2nd, 2022. My name is Eddie and uh, Jason is here. Yo, what's up? Chris is on assignment this week. He'll be rejoining us next week, maybe. On the episode this week, a news roundup of the biggest news stories. And also a guest, Emily White, host of the I Voted Festival podcast. And also radio show, now heard here on Adobe Radio. Very exciting. Okay, here we go. And welcome to the United States of America. Global woman, radio exercise, imperialistic wrongs, and animal rights news. Adobe Radio. News to us. Yeah, um... How's every? How are you doing over there, Jason? I'm I'm good. How are you? Yeah, are you, doing how, good. How was your Monday? Did you get good Monday? Been a pretty good Monday so far, I guess. Yeah, yeah. As Mondays go. Yeah, yeah. This is some <laughs> exciting small talk. Very exciting small talk. So, um, I'm going to be headed to our Los Angeles headquarters later this week. Excited going about to the that. mothership, and uh, well, our headquarters are actually in Las Vegas. We just have uh, you know our studios in in Los Angeles, I should say. So um, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. Jason, you still going to join? Yeah, yeah. Jason's going to come out for a little bit. Going to take his yeah. daughter to Disney. That's going to be fun. I'm going to take my daughter and Eddie to Disneyland. Right? Yeah, I might. Uh, throw a tantrum at some point though if it's too hot <laughs> i'm hungry i'm hungry i want a snow cone give me a snow cone i want the blue not the red what's the, just hear it now yeah when's the last time you went to disney was that when you and i went in california yeah. okay so how long yeah. ago was it that you and i went to disney so let's see it was probably i think uh, 2006 yeah that sounds about right it's news to us news roundup And then we'll uh, speak to our guest here in a little bit, Emily White. She'll be hanging out with its news to us. So Florida lawmakers have decided to ban 54 math books. They claim that uh, these math books have inappropriate topics such as critical race theory. Addition. Subtraction. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 And uh, at top of the math books, they've also banned other books that have LGBTQ themes. So this dude is now trolling the uh, Florida state legislature. His name is Chaz Stevens, and he is asking to immediately ban the Bible from the classroom library and any instructional material, because he says that, uh, well, there's a lot of questionable content in the, the Bible. It references murder, adultery, sexual immorality, and fornication. He says, quote, do we really want to teach our youth about drunken orgies? That's in the Bible. Did you realize there was a drunken orgy in the Bible? Yeah. You did? All of that's true. Yeah, yeah. Murder. Yeah. I don't remember the drunken orgy that happened on uh, Noah's Ark with the animals. Or was that... Where did that happen? Uh... I think you're looking at your browser history right now. Oh. You need to switch screens. Got it. 
Um, he also says the Bible references rape, bestiality, cannibalism, and infanticide. What's that mean? The murdering of babies. Oh my God. That is in the Bible. So we That's can't, we can't Bi- have our children exposed, rough, man. Yeah. You know, I agree with the guy. We can't have, uh, our children exposed to this filth. I'm surprised like Netflix hasn't made a mini series on the Bible. Yeah, actually, you know what? You're, I kind of am too, because that shit sells. Yeah, I mean, all of that would be, you know, that was anything else. People would be like, "Oh my god, this is an amazing show." I, I'm surprised they haven't asked like uh, Mel Gibson to make Passion of the Christ too. Passion of the Christ, the mini series. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so anyways, I think that's a pretty good troll going on, and he's right because he's, he's exposing the hypocrisy around all of this. It's the... If I, anybody who lives in Florida, I feel really bad for you. It just is a total shit show. <laughs> so you don't want to go to Florida? No. If you had... Would you go on vacation in Florida? No. No? Maybe Miami. But that's about it. Uh, yeah, I don't want to support their economy. Mm. Do you support their go to Florida? No, not really. I've been to Florida. Well, I've been, I mean, I've been there uh, several times and honestly, uh, it's okay. I mean, yeah, but uh, geez, the politics there and what people are up to and uh, DeSantis, uh, I just can't get behind it. Yeah, it is weird. It's just a strange, you know, any weird story that comes out, you always automatically assume it's Florida, right? Right, right. Well, uh, speaking of Florida, a uh, a big ass alligator was seen in Florida strolling a neighborhood in Venice, Florida, and uh, it was estimated to be about ten feet long. This giant ass alligator, mm. and uh, oh my god, no! Nope. We're looking at pictures of it now. Yeah, it's this big ass. <laughs> oh my god, this thing's like a, jeez, it's huge, and it's just like on somebody's front lawn can you imagine like uh you're walking your dog and you turn the corner and there's that thing oh my god how fast can they move like can you outrun an alligator or are they pretty quick he looks pretty slow to me but they can run up to 20 miles per hour shut up i just googled it really yeah oh my god fuck that noise like yeah i definitely don't want to go to florida oh look at that thing that thing can run like jeez 20 miles an hour. I, I got to see that to believe it, though. That can't be right. Like a thing that big can run that fast. I think you can run that fast for like, a you know, 20 seconds or, you know, right. I think it's, it's fast just to like catch its prey. But like, yeah, if you're too close, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. 10 feet long. Like, dude. Right. Right. It's twice the size of, uh, you know, most people. Yeah. It's huge. Massive. It's Man. news to us. News Roundup. Yeah. What else is going on? Um, an arrest warrant has been issued for a missing jail official. Um, her name's Vicki White uh, out of Lauderdale County, Alabama. Any relation to she- our guest coming up, Emily White? I don't know. Maybe. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. But uh, she was last seen Friday after she had taken an inmate named Casey White for no um, 
relation to her, um, but took him out of the county uh, jail and said he w- uh, she was taking him to the courthouse for a mental evaluation, but there was no evaluation hearing scheduled. Um, later, they found the deputy's car parked in a parking lot um, at a shopping center just down the road from the detention center. And it looks as though that uh, this official, this deputy, uh, assisted this man who is on trial for capital um, murder uh, escape. Wow. So, so yeah. I wonder what happened yeah, there. Have, I wonder if it was one of those yeah. uh, situations where like the, the guard falls in love with the inmate or something. They don't know exactly. Uh, there's no... You know, that's all pure speculation or maybe she was coerced or maybe threatened. Who knows? But um, looks like she helped him for some reason. You know, this reminds me of that um, that thing that the miniseries that uh, Ben Stiller directed Escape from Danamora. Did you see that? I have not seen that. It was really good. It's basically that. So it's based on a true story. This uh this this guard, this female guard, uh, falls in love with a male prison inmate, and then uh, ends up being kind of manipulated into helping him escape. And uh, I guess it happened, um, you know, again. Wow! Yeah, it's if crazy. That's, if so, that's the case here, we don't know for sure, but I would imagine. I, I would guess it was something like that. But what do I know? Yeah, I mean, or or maybe he like threatened her somehow, or uh, who knows? But they are on, yeah. they are on the run. Um, they are considered armed and dangerous. Uh, if you do see them, do not approach them and call 911. What do they look like? Um, <laughs> she's blonde. Okay. 57. I'm not going to approach any blonde women in their 50s. Got it. Yeah. Um, Got the, it. The, the, the prisoner is like 6'9 and like 290 pounds or something. Like, wow. He's a big dude. So, jeez. I, I mean, he'll kind of stick out, I would think. If you're going to go to jail, that's the size you want to be. Nobody's going to mess with you. Nearly seven feet tall, and geez. (laughs) Or just don't go to jail. How about that? Oh, my God, yeah. I don't think I would do well in jail. I don't think you would either. If I was ever facing, like, some real prison time, I don't know. I I think I I might flee. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Mexico or something like I don't think I could handle it. But uh, you know, this is why I need to make sure I never in, the, in that situation. I I don't break the law because I I wouldn't do, the, do well in prison. Do the right thing. You're not a bad person. So there you go. Yeah, but, but you, a pretty crazy, crazy story. Like yeah, I guess we'll see what happens um, through all this. You know, right. All right, uh, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsor here real quick, and we'll continue on with the news roundup from the critically acclaimed podcast studios, Pineapple Street and Wondery comes a new documentary series called Will Be Wild. This is all about the January 6th insurrection, which is something that we cannot forget happened. Uh, this podcast dives deep into the lives of the people who took part in that day and uh, the people who saw it coming and the people who fear that the insurrection was just the beginning, and you know that's kind of a scary thought, right there. Oh. Very scary. You'll hear from former U.S. intelligence members who warned about the incredible rise of violent extremists in America. A former soldier charged with seditious conspiracy, and a son who turned his father into the FBI. 
Yeah, imagine that. Jeez, it's a really fascinating listen, and it's very well produced. I really enjoyed listening so far, and um, it's really it's something that we need to really remind ourselves happened. America almost uh, lost democracy on that day, and we are still in threat of of losing it. And it's a very sobering reminder. We'll be wild is the name of the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can listen early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. It's news to us. News Roundup. I don't like bears. Why are bears always in the news lately? Uh, Bears are, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of news stories with bears in people's backyards attacking their dogs. And we have? I, I feel like we have over the past, uh, you know, several months. Haven't they been in hibernation? I don't know. They're, they're, I, don't, I, don't, I don't recall a bear story at all. You know, I remember the, the bear in the backyard attacking the, the dog. and Oh, yeah, that was like last fall. That was one story. What, what's the other one? Um, there was there was another one. There was two like that. Oh, really? And then there was another oh, one where man, a bear opened up a guy's um car door and tried to eat his oh, lunch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, now a bear uh, chased a couple. This happened in Florida. I didn't know if they had bears in Florida. Alligators and bears. Why oh hell, my! Why the hell would anybody live there? But so this is uh caught on this couple's ring doorbell camera. A bear chasing. A couple and their dog into their home. They they didn't even grab the dog. They like ran and they kind of like left the dog behind. I, I would have picked the dog up. Really, you would have? Yeah, and ran you with the dog. My barreling at you, and you would like yeah, grab the dog. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that big of a dog. That dog can run faster than you would think that the dog would be quicker, right? Like, it would be safer away from you. Well, I uh, I don't know. I, I, I would think that the... I wouldn't trust the dog. I would think maybe the dog would want to engage in some sort of a fight. So I would grab the dog. I can't hear you, Eddie. Okay, now you can. But yeah, I, yeah. I would think that the uh, the dog would um, want to... would probably want to attack the 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 bear so i would save the dog from itself being stupid mm. i don't know that dog looked like it didn't want to mess with it yeah but i could totally see the uh, dog like stopping and barking although that, that might scare the bear away maybe maybe i mean you never know when you're in those situations right yeah you just kind of like run run for your life and you, you, you never know like hopefully i but I, I can't believe they have bears in Florida. Did you know that? Uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Are they in the same areas as alligators? Or could you uh, could you potentially be attacked by an alligator and a bear on the same afternoon? Um, yeah, I think that's a strong possibility. Yeah, Why the sure. hell would you want to live there? But, uh, and hurricanes, you know, they have hurricanes too. You know, hurricanes. I, I, you know, it's... They have panthers. They have panthers. Did you know they have panthers? I don't know that. Jeez. Can you imagine if a hurricane blew an alligator and a bear into your home <laughs> right through the living room window? 
Yeah. Crash. Here comes They'd a- probably be stunned. <laughs> they, you know. Or really would, angry and hungry. Who would win in a fight? A bear or an alligator? I. This has had to have happened in Florida. Don't yeah. you think? Like, uh, you'd think at, at some point a bear encountered an alligator. In, and who won? Which one of them won? Or what? Like, if you had to put money on one. Maybe you know, we can start like a new fight club. I think the all- if it's one of those big ass alligators, I think it has a pretty good chance of winning. Yeah, me too. I think the bear's messed up. Like, yeah, because like one chomp down on the foot, it's over for the bear, pretty much. Yeah, what's the bear gonna do to the alligator? Like, it's got like that thick skin, claw it. Yeah, and it's not gonna. Yeah, it's not even gonna do anything. Yeah, you're right. Thick yeah. skin. It's like a little tank. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's like a tank of the animal kingdom. Yeah, kind of this. <laughs> uh, all right, what else I'm, going I'm, on? I'm glad we could put that to rest. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the Capitol riots, a federal jury today uh, convicted a 20-year NYPD veteran, Thomas Webster, uh, for assaulting an officer during the uh, U.S. Capitol riot. Uh, he was the first defendant to be tried on assault charges and the first to present a jury with a self-defense argument. The jurors deliberated only uh, for less than three hours. And they conv- uh, convicted him uh, on all six counts of the indictment, including a charge that he assaulted Officer Noah Rathbun with a dangerous weapon, which was a flagpole. Jeez. Um, that charge alone. By the way, these are the same of- people who are all about uh, uh, the the police and. Uh, well, know. he was a police officer of twenty years. So it was police on police violence, right? Yeah, I mean, he retired like 10 years ago, but um, yeah, he assaulted this police officer. He uh, tried to forcibly remove his gas mask and was like choking him and hit him with a flagpole. Good Lord. And he said he um, Webster said that he was going to the Capitol for as uh, as a private citizen to participate in a peaceful protest. However, I wonder how peaceful he thought it was going to be considering he went with a bulletproof vest. Huh. Right? That that doesn't seem like you're going to a peaceful protest if you're wearing a bulletproof yeah. vest. Like, I need to have a tactical gear on because this is going to be peaceful, you know? Like, that's what I think when I go protest. Yeah, and then I, I would never... It never crossed my mind to strike somebody with a flagpole, let alone a police officer. What's wrong right? with this guy? Uh, he claimed that the officer had uh, punched him and he was uh, defending himself. Um, but body camera footage from the officer showed that Webster had initiated the contact. Hmm. All right. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's good to see some justice being served around January 6th. But what's really disheartening is the people who are currently holding office that were involved have not been yet held accountable. And that's really weird to me. You think that's ever going to happen? I know that they, you know, we talked about uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene the other episode and how they're trying to make it so she can't run for office anymore. And, uh, but like, that's, that's it. Like, that's the consequence you say that does go through. Like you just can't run for public office again. Like these people should be put in prison for treason. 
So, uh, you know, as, on January 6th, as we know, thousands of people stormed the U.S. Capitol on Trump's urging because he tweeted, quote, be there, will be wild. So from the critically acclaimed podcast studios, Pineapple Street and Wondery comes a new documentary series called Will Be Wild. Uh, this is uh, a really good podcast, Chris. If you haven't listened to it yet, you said that you're going to it's on your list, right? Yeah, this is brand new to me. I just heard about it when we got the sponsorship and uh, uh, I'm going to dive in and and uh, uh, let you and Jason know what I think next week. Yeah, Looking forward to it. please do. Uh, it shines a light on the human stories left out of the headlines, which is great about this podcast is they can really go deep into the lives of the people who took part in the day. And a lot of people saw this coming and a lot of people fear that this is actually just the beginning, which is really frightening. And uh, on this show, we do bring up the January 6th insurrection here and there, but um, it's a pretty traumatizing event in the nation's history and one that deserves a lot more attention and analysis. And they do a great job because you hear from former U.S. intelligence members who warned about the incredible rise of violent extremists in America a former soldier charged with sedacious conspiracy and a son who turned his father into the FBI will be wild is a close up look at the four year effort to bring autocracy to America and what the insurrection could mean for the future of our democracy. Follow will be wild wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early on Amazon music or early and ad free by subscribing to wondery plus on Apple podcasts or the Wondery app. Thank you, Wondery. I still can't believe all these people stormed the Capitol, tried to kill Mike Pence and uh, Nancy Pelosi, and nothing's happened. Um, I would like to say I'm surprised, but I'm not, and I, nor do I think anything will happen to them. Especially if uh, the Republicans take the Senate and the House, as predicted. Um very scary situation leading up to the midterms here. And uh, that kind of does lead into our, our guest. So I guess we could uh, uh, hit a break and then come back with Emily white, the host of the, I voted festival podcast. The I voted festival uh, is happening on election day. It's a whole bunch of artists playing stages and it's live stream on the internet. IW radio is going to be presenting a stage and, uh, this whole initiative is to get people to vote. Um, we'll talk to Emily about her mission and find out how you can help if you want that and more coming up right here on it's news to us. We have to thank our sponsor, private internet access, the most transparent VPN provider on the market. And it's just the software you need to protect your digital life. So did you know that when you're in an incognito browser window, Jason, that you're not safe online? Did you know this? What? I didn't know this. Your internet service provider is still storing your browsing history and can sell it to advertisers. I don't like that. I don't either. I feel very violated. Like if I am in an incognito window, that's me, me time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> private internet access encrypts your internet connection and hides your IP address and that protects you. And all you have to do is connect to one of their thousand servers located in 80 countries. Uh, plus, 
you'll be able to get unrestricted access to geo-blocked content on streaming platforms, which is great. Like, did you know if you uh, have a VPN, a great VPN, like private internet access, you go to Netflix.com, you get uh, all these uh, programs that you can't get normally. Did you know that? I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, or say you're traveling abroad and uh, you it, same thing, and you want to watch the American version of Netflix, this is a good way to do that. Private internet oh, access wow. has no strict, no logs policy, and it's 100% open source, available for all operating systems, all uh, mobile. Uh, I was playing with this earlier. It's on mobile. It's on Mac, PC, and one subscription can protect up to 10 devices at a time. So uh, we have a special deal for you. You can get an 82% discount on private internet access, 82% discount. That brings it down to just $2 a month. And uh, you also get three extra months added to your subscription for free. And since private internet access comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and 24 seven customer support, it's all risk free. So go to private internet slash news to us. That's private internet slash news to us and get private internet access today. It's news to us. 2022 midterms coverage continues. All right. It's news to us. Welcome back to the show. That's right. Our midterms coverage continues right here as uh, we are leading up to November 8th. Very important, very important election coming up. And we're excited to welcome our guest, Emily White. She is a partner at Collective Entertainment and the founder of the hashtag I Voted Festival happening on Election Day. And Adobe Radio is a returning media partner with the I Voted Festival presenting a stage. Uh, Emily is the author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, How to Build a Sustainable Music Career and Collect All Revenue Streams, and hosts the book's accompanying podcast of the same name. Uh, it is the number one music business podcast and... She just started a, another new podcast and radio show here on IW Radio called the Hashtag I Voted Festival Podcast, highlighting all the artists that are playing the uh, festival and more. You can hear it Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern on IW Radio and podcasting everywhere. Emily, welcome to the show. Emily White. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for uh, for joining. Uh, this is a really cool thing that IW Radio has uh, partnered with you on. And uh, we did it... Um, was it two years ago? I want to say just before the pandemic was when it, uh, or during the pandemic, actually, like right when it started, was with the first I Voted Festival online, correct? Yeah, it was during the pandemic in 2020. You guys were an amazing partner for us. We're, we're psyched to be working with you again. Likewise. Yeah, we can't, we can't wait for it. Uh, thanks for having us back. So before we get into, you know, we have a lot of questions for you regarding the midterms and uh, how you got involved with all this, but... We do like to get to know our guests a little bit on a personal level. So uh, do you have any obscure talents that we should know about? Yeah, I'm really fast at swimming. And maybe that's not obscure, but... Really fast at swimming. Okay. Like, uh, how fast are you? Uh, I was on a swimming scholarship in college, and I swam in a meet couple years ago um, that ranked me, I think, like second in the country in the tuna butterfly for my age group. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So you could outswim an alligator, you think? 
No, I think an alligator is definitely faster. <laughs> I'm, I'm very good at distance butterfly. So that's my party trick. I'm good at the 200 butterfly for anyone that knows anything about swimming. Wow. Good for you. Did you ever consider the Olympics? I mean, that sounds like you're almost Olympic uh, worthy. I was close to making my Olympic trials cut, but not close to making the Olympics, despite Kevin Lyman always saying that whenever I speak in his class at USC, he's like, and she almost made the Olympics. And I'm like, <laughs> and I didn't, but very proud of my swimming scholarship. And I represent a few Olympic athletes. So I live vicariously through them. Ah, oh, that's so cool. I, I want to find uh, a way to get into the Olympics that doesn't involve any talent. Like, um, you can, well, like- I, this, you know, I was going to say broadcasting, but you need talent to do that. I'm not that <laughs> no, I mean, I want to, I want to compete as an athlete, but not really like, uh, be, I don't know. I don't know. There's gotta be something you can do that, that doesn't require very much effort. They're all amazing. You can't even joke <laughs> about like ping pong, right? Cause when you see that, right. it's just mad. Or even if I'm the worst athlete at the Olympics, I wouldn't mind. As long as there I got well, the key would be if you could like marry into someone from a very, very small country, or if you have some sort of citizenship oh, in, in a yes. country and, and work work your way in that way. Actually, yeah, that's that's a that's a good point. Um, what about bobsledding? You could do bobsledding. I could just sit there. I mean, do, do you yeah. have, do you have to? I mean, there's got to be one guy in the bobsled that doesn't do anything. This is long for the ride, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to run for <laughs> thirty seconds and then you jump in. Yeah, but I do think they heavily recruit track people. So unless mm. I would say there's a sport for you if you're I can't tell from here, but super giant or super tiny. Mm, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle too. So <laughs> we're, you know, I hear you. Uh, what's a weird snack that you like to eat? Any weird snacks? I don't know about weird. I mean, I'm a huge geek about local food so much. So I like when my farmer's market discontinued regional grains and beans, I started ordering them, like ordering my oatmeal and stuff directly from Vermont and Maine. So that's probably more nerdy. um, That sounds delicious. Uh, Hmm. Um, All right. Do you have any nicknames? Um, probably my social media handle, M Wizzle. I mean, M is obviously short for Emily. I used to tour manage a million years ago and my nickname on tour was Wizzle. So oh, something okay. like uh, cool. Actually, you know, that kind of leads into the next question. Um, you were a tour manager for many years. What, what artists did you work for and with mostly the Dresden dolls? Definitely primarily then that's where the Wizzle nickname came from. Okay. Um, a little bit of image and heap, a tiny little bit of, uh, Regina Spector, a little Devotchka, but mostly the Dresden Dolls for years. Oh, that's so cool. I always thought being a tour manager would be simultaneously the best gig, but also the most annoying because you're basically babysitting adult children and making sure they get from point A to point B and they're they're on time. And But it'd also be really cool. Did you- yeah, I was really fortunate because I did it from ages 20 to 23. So to oh. get paid to see the world was perfect. But yeah. um, by the time I was 23, I kind of knew venues and hotels better than my neighborhood in Brooklyn. So that's that's when I knew it was time to come off the road. But I'm so grateful for that experience. Like, yeah. I mean, I apply those skills to I voted. I, I apply those skills to getting upgraded on flights. Like, um, <laughs> like how does that work? Yeah. How do you get upgraded on a flight with your tour manager experience? You just 
fly the same airline a lot and also no airline partners, right? So if you're um, ah. traveling in Europe or somewhere else, chances are they're going to be partners with one of the legacy three, legacy three airlines in the U.S., American, Delta, or United. Yeah. So just being a geek about paying attention to that attention to that stuff can make a big difference. Right. Do you, so do you, 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 you said that you were a tour manager when you were 20. Like, how'd you fall into that? I asked. Um, I The Dresden Dolls played my school at Northeastern University in Boston. I was a music business major. I introduced myself to Amanda Palmer, their singer at the merch table when they were playing at my school. I was really nervous. I was like, you know, let me, I intern here and there. Let me know if you ever need help with anything. Amanda was like, can you come over tomorrow? So I started interning for them. And then the following semester, I was on co-op, which is basically interning. Um, and then I said, Hey, they were going on their first national tour also in air quotes, um, cause it was self-booked, but they were also going to South by Southwest. And I said, I'd love to tour manage. And I admitted, I don't know what I'm doing, but I could at least sell your merch. Um, and it just worked out. So we really grew up professionally together. I mean, that first tour, um, I remember like a, a few of the venues I, I feel bad saying this, but like made fun of before I was like Big Bill's Barbecue in Carbondale, Illinois and Geno Sports Bar in Boone, North Carolina. Ended up being sold out shows on college camp or booked by college students who weren't allowed to um, book shows on their college campuses. So I really grew up with the band professionally. Um, the day I graduated college, we I graduated but didn't walk because we were starting a three continent tour with Nine Inch Nails. So Wow. Um, never have to ask and be open about your skills. Cause I was like, I don't know how to tour manage, but I can at least do your merch and just grew from there. That's awesome. That's a good, uh, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Like you just have to ask. Yeah. That's a good life lesson, you know? And, uh, yeah. the, how did you have the, um, I mean the guts to ask and, and the, did you, was it sort of a naive thing when you asked or were you encouraged in other ways by other people? I mean, when they played at my school, they were a local band on the rise. So I was naive where initially I thought, oh, they don't need help with anything. But we all mm. know like a band that's starting to break actually needs all the help in the world. Right. So I just started interning for them and, and helping with whatever, doing merch at local shows, stuff like that. So I, I had known them four or five, six months um, by the time I asked that question, like, hey, could I be your tour manager? Um, so yeah, it just worked out. And I think like, this is good life advice period, but definitely for, for the music industry, like it's okay to make a mistake. Like I remember, right. um, on, on that first tour, the band had like a college radio interview and I naively was like, Oh, I'll remember that. And of course uh, I totally like, blew the phoner, but I never blew it again. Right. Like right. I figured out some, and this was before like iCal and reminders and stuff. So it's okay to make a mistake. Just don't make it twice. And of course have great mentors. Um, I had a couple of great tour managing mentors that were like, call me anytime, day or night, if you need any, anything. Uh, I think a few days after Chewy Smith, who was the String Jesus Incidents tour manager, told me that I had to call him like two days later to help <laughs> me solve the problem. But um, yeah, it's it's great. You guys know the touring community is is super supportive. So just, yeah. you know, find those people that you can ask those questions to, and then you can figure it out. I would imagine. So that must've led to your relationship with Kevin Lyman. Kind 
of. Um, I have a book called Interning 101 out um, that Kevin loves. But okay, so I sat next to Kevin on a plane to South by probably 10 years ago. So random. And I actually didn't say anything to him because I was like, I don't know. Everybody's going for actually the only thing I thought is how is Kevin in the middle seat and I'm in the window seat? I guess like <laughs> tour manager. Um, you know, he told me years later, I think he books the flight last minute, but um, Mike Mowry, who you guys might know, yeah. um, connected me with Kevin to talk about I Voted. And then I brought him a copy of my book, Interning 101. He loves it. He uses it for his classes and now likes to tell people I'm an Olympic swimmer, almost made the Olympics. And, <laughs> and um, but Kevin has turned into um, definitely an amazing mentor for me. I'm sure you talk to people who say that all the time, but um, he has been such a resource on I Voted Festival, and I'm just so grateful for his wisdom and counsel. You guys know better than anyone, like, he is the real deal. Oh, yeah. He actually uh, connected us. Uh, we have a long relationship with Kevin. We go way back with Adobe Radio as a company, and um, Jason and I were on Warp Tour for a little while doing some live streaming. We were the, the first people to ever do live streaming on Warp Tour, and Kevin supported the whole thing, and like, he's he's always been a, a, a really cool, down-to-earth guy that just supports creativity and good people. And he's, he's a, he's a really cool dude. Um, uh, we're very fortunate to know him. Um, so, uh, speaking of I voted festival. So you say after the 2016 election, that's when you were inspired to get, uh, people voting. Um, what was it about that election in 2016 that really, uh, sparked it? Yeah, so I'm originally from Wisconsin, where that election was decided in Wisconsin. The presidential election that year was decided by 22,000 votes and change. It was decided next door in Michigan that year by 10,000 votes and change. And I was like 22. I'd read that voter turnout was down in, Mil- in my home city of Milwaukee, um, particularly amongst young people. And I thought 22,000 is our basketball arena. Yeah. So why don't we put together a compelling concert and, and tie in voting? So it was really um inspired by realizing that uh a lot of these voter turnout or a lot of these um election margins are decided by the size of a concert venue. I mean there are local elections decided by a few a few hundred votes. Like how many times have we been in a club with a few hundred people or an arena with ten thousand people? Um so yeah it's like this is how I feel we make tangible change. So whatever you believe, um we just really want to inspire people to vote. And um we have these stats posted. I'm not going to get it exactly right, but basically like 65% of young people attend concerts and 35% vote. Um, so we really want to bridge that gap and meet, you know, people meet young people where they already are and inspire them to vote. Yeah. I heard you talking about that in your podcast uh, about, and you were referencing millennials specifically with that stat, right? You were saying 60 something percent of millennials attend festivals, but only 30 something um, vote. Um, why do you have any, have you, I mean, I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people while you're trying to get them registered to vote. Have you found any common threads as far as voter apathy goes? What's the reasoning behind it with this age group? Yeah, I don't have the magic answer on that. It Mm. could be anything from, you know, voting on a Tuesday is kind of a pain, right? Mm. Like we're all working. Like I don't have kids. I control my own schedule. And I remember one election day, this was not like me, but um, I hadn't really researched the ballot. So I went to vote and there was like all these judges and initiatives I didn't know about. So I, had, I don't know. I think I was trying on my phone and stuff, but 
I ended up saying to the poll workers, like, you know what, can I come back and vote later? And they were like, yeah, totally. And I got really busy that day. And I didn't go back to the polls until like right before they closed. And the poll workers were like, oh, my gosh, like, we weren't sure if you were going to come back, you know, so that's someone who's, you know, privileged, doesn't have kids, like doesn't have a boss, like controls my own schedule. So I think even just voting on a Tuesday um, can be a pain. So um, we just want to make it like interesting, exciting, communicate, you know, um, that this is like I said, this is how you make tangible change. And also like, you know, for example, in the recent mayor election in New York, like our voter for our voter turnout was so low because a lot of people think the mayor is decided in the primary. But then when I went to vote, there were initiatives on clean air, clean mm-hmm. water, on voting rights. And I think most people want clean air and clean water. So we just want to remind people there's a lot of important stuff you're voting on, you know, besides president or maybe an election that you think is just totally in the bag, whether you're in a red state, blue state, city or whatever. Does it worry you or alarm you at all that voting in itself has become a controversial issue. We have people on the right blocking uh, folks from voting and people on the left trying to encourage people to vote and then that being kind of demonized. I think, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think I kind of put the blinders on doing this work because instead of stressing about it, it's like, well, this is what I can do. You know, I can get people to turn out and vote. I can educate them, you know, about registration, about checking their registration, about researching their ballot, about like the options on how they do turn out to vote and then bring them all together with some of their favorite artists to celebrate voting. Because actually, like, I should get my years straight on this. I have no idea. But like back in the day, like the reason, like, you know, or like back back in like the farming days, like everybody would bring their harvest into town on election day and then throw a big party and celebrate. So that's what we're trying to do. And um, yeah, like I said, I think I think doing this work helps me to like ease my own anxiety and stress because it's just like, well, this is what I can do. And and we're so fortunate to live in a representative democracy. Um, I've you know, I've been asked. I just did a podcast episode. This will be on out on Adobe, um, I believe two weeks from Sunday, the second episode where um, I asked artists like why democracy is important to them because with everything going on in Ukraine, it's just not something we should take for granted. So like I said, I really do think that I put the blinders on and that's a nice thing about being nonpartisan, bipartisan, just focused on voter turnout. Um, I don't know who people are voting for. Um, We just want them to think about it, (laughs) actually vote and, and get excited about it. Right. And, you know, I, but I would, um, I mean, like, I don't have any uh, real statistics on this, but I would imagine the vast majority of folks who go to concerts and support live music are more liberal leaning. That's more my instinct, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I mean, if we're going to generalize, I would ask the people at Stagecoach last weekend. I mean, country music is uh, massive, right? Like, well, so I, mean, I, think- I mean, more of like in the rock uh, alternative. Right indie scene yeah um but i don't know it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting like getting more people to vote is is good and um i and i uh, we obviously support that and we want to see more people vote no matter what your beliefs are i mean uh, just vote um it's it's our precious right that we have but it is predicted that um republicans are going to take the house and the senate uh come the midterms and that's what everyone is saying that's the media narrative right now are you worried 
about that. You say you're nonpartisan, but uh, are you worried about that prospect or is it not something that you get involved in when it comes to uh, talking about your personal beliefs and what side you're on? I think that the athlete in me says that's why we play the game, right? Like if you tell me I'm going to lose a swimming race, like I'm still going to show up and do it. Um, so that's kind of what this is all about. You know, like if you care about these issues, like it is actually up to us. So saying that one side or the other is going to win six months in advance, like, um, actually makes no sense to me. Like we're the ones who have that, we're the ones who make that decision. So if we care, we need to get out and show that we care again, um, no matter what we believe. And again, I, you know, just to follow up on what you were saying earlier, like, I think we can, we all fall into our, you know, own worlds of our own genres. And our, I hate to say it, but our own algorithms and stuff. Um, and at I Voted Festival, we don't say, uh, we say yes to every artist that wants to perform. And we reach out to artists per the data. So we reach right. out to the top trending artists in key states whose electoral margins are often decided by the size of a concert venue. Um, so again, we don't know the artist's beliefs. We work, we work in every genre. Um, and yeah. And, and then again, through the I Voted Festival podcast, uh, you can learn, you know, uh, how, like I said, how to register to vote, how to check your res- registration, how to research your ballot. So it is stuff that you care about and then how to turn out and vote. Right. And I, I do remember with uh, the lineup for the last I Voted Festival, um, you guys did have some conservative leaning bands. So it's not like this is a just a a, a liberal festival. I mean, it's, it's, it really is about being inclusive and uh, getting everybody involved and celebrating our democracy and, and voting. Um, however, I, uh, I have to say though, like if, if Republicans take the house and the Senate, I, a lot of people are worried, including me that democracy is going to be over. I mean, like, like, I don't know if it's a little bit alarmist, but at the same time, just based on what we've seen January 6th, um, how our elected officials are behaving with uh, being uh, uh, with a lot of fascism on the right. I mean, um, are you are you is this a is this a fight to save democracy in a sense, or are you looking at it a little bit more lighthearted? Oh no! I mean, I don't think any of us. We all got into music because we're fans, right? So if you would have told tour manager me I'd be dedicating my life to voter turnout, you know, 20 years later. I mean, I was always very uh, into activism and politics, but like, this is my life now. This is my career. And I think, um, you know, like I said before, it's what I can do to quell my own stress and anxiety. Like instead of, um, I mean, of course, I'm concerned about a lot of things, but instead of being stressed about it, I am doing something about it. I am doing something about it every single day. And even talking about you, talking to you about this is going to help me go back to work after this and, and continue to work on our announcement and rollout. And we're not fully funded. Um, so we're focused on 17 key states, um, whose, like, like I said, whose electoral margins, uh, are often decided by the size of a concert venue. But to your point, I actually added it to added in two more states um, that are very red states. So you might look at them and think like, oh, well, one side's going to win it. But there are some attorney general races on the ballot um, with some really anti-democracy people and some more traditional Republicans that um, really believe in a representative democracy and believe in our right to vote. So 
Um, we don't always have a lot of money to pay ourselves, but I'm putting that extra effort into a few more states where there's some scary stuff because I don't want to live in a dictatorship. And again, I don't know who people are going to vote for in Idaho and um, Kansas, I think, is the other state. But um, after reading that, um, we will also have the top trending and streaming artists in Idaho and Kansas that I voted festival. It's crazy that we're even having this discussion. I don't want to live in a dictatorship is something that you're talking about. Uh, you, you just said that. And uh, this is not this is not Amer- the America that we were promised as kids and like growing up reading history books and um, what we were taught in high school. We live in a democracy and that's never going to change was always something that was uh, beaten into us. And now it's like uh, it's a it's a huge question mark. Um, and that's really it's an existential crisis for America right now. And say, say Republicans do take the house and Senate. Uh, will you personally feel safe in America? I just think that, uh, I haven't thought about it. I really haven't thought about it. Cause I'm just so focused on the work. I'm just so focused on right. uh, getting people out to vote. And I'll, I'll think about that either way on November 9th. And that I'm really, that I really believe like, Truly what I just said. Got it. Okay. Well, you're doing great work and we're happy to support it. And uh, thank you for getting out there and, 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 you know, and, and making things happen. I mean, we need more people like you to see an opportunity with demographic or a group of people and then engage them and get them uh, registered to vote and get them at the polls. Um, And uh, if you're listening now and you've never voted, uh, vote, vote. Maybe you're just turning 18. Maybe you've, uh, maybe you're in your 20s or 30s and have never voted before. But uh, it's important that we all we all vote. Um, we can't take what we have for granted. And um, I'm I'm just I'm I'm uh, I'm afraid about the what could happen. Um, this is uh, when you're when you're talking about. The I voted the hashtag I voted festival being you doing something to quell your anxiety. This is kind of our excuse for, for creating the show. We actually started it right after the 2016 election, and we've uh, brought on a lot of uh, elected officials and people running for Congress. And um, it's been our way of uh, being proactive. Um, but um, yeah, so I yeah I identify with you there, and I uh, wish you the best of success with I voted, and I am very honored and privileged that Adobe's uh, partnered with you and uh, and and your mission. Thank you. Two last quick things. Yeah. Um, the second episode at I voted fest on the I voted festival podcast is called "There's No Democracy Without Your Participation." So that's kind of exactly what we're talking about here. Okay. Um, and then second, just so people know, um. So I voted festival is a massive webcast on election day. Um, you, you get in by RSVPing with a selfie at home with your blank and unmarked ballot or a selfie from outside your polling place. If you're not 18 by election day, you can RSVP by letting us know what election you will be 18 for and why you're excited to vote. And if you're a non-citizen or ineligible to vote for any reason, you can RSVP by letting us know uh, which artists you're most excited to check out. So if you want to know when our RSVP portal opens, head over to ivotedfestival.org and you'll be the first to be alerted on that. And I mean, this I Voted Festival is no joke. I mean, you've had major artists. Billie Eilish was a part of it last year. Uh, my Morning Jacket. Um, I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Living Color, Long, yeah. Young the Giant. Yeah. Who else was uh, Drake, there? 
Trey Anastasio of Fish. Yeah. But today we we announced over 250 artists, um, and we're going to have even more because um, our booking team is is still at work. So this year we have run the Jewels, Rise Against, Lake Lake Street Dive, uh, Twisted, um, Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup. Um, Part of the idea Cinco. I'm super excited about Cinco. If you don't know them, they're a huge Latin uh, boy band. Cool. cool. Um, so yeah, and again, we book what you all are listening to. So um, it, especially if you're in in uh, a key state. Um, so it's it's. It's a, I'm not just saying this because it's the data. It's a really well-booked festival. It so really is. Artists, like you haven't heard of, they might be huge in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or whatever. So we got a lot of feedback on music discovery as well. That's what I really, uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me when we partnered last time was just what you're saying. Like the, the, the curation of the artists is really, really well done. Um, it's, national acts but also acts that are really big regionally and you guys are doing a really fantastic job of of bringing these artists on board so um, ivotedfestival.org is where you want to go ivotedfestival.org for more information and then of course listen to the hashtag ivotedfestival podcast available wherever you get podcasts we're also uh, airing it on IW Radio it premieres here Sunday mornings at 11am Eastern so I think I got all that out right uh, yeah Thank you so much, Emily, for coming on the show. And uh, let's, let's keep in contact. We'll have you on a few more times before the midterms and get updated. And um, it, it'd be great to, to, to stay in contact. I love it. That sounds awesome. And thanks for the really important work you're doing and helping us to amplify uh, getting people to vote. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your important work. I mean, we're, we're, we're just here talking about things. You're, you're out there doing things. And uh, it's really awesome. So thank you so much. My pleasure. It's news to us. IW Radio. <sighs> Have we gone over on time? Is there anything else we need to get to? Uh, no, we're good on time. Uh, where are we on time? Oh, I guess we're right there, pretty much. Huh? We're okay. right there. Um, so anything we need to get to quickly before the show wraps up? Yeah, I did want to bring up a news story that came out last week. Yes. A woman in Washington fell into a... Uh, one of those like um, uh, national forest toilets. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I then the outhouse. She felt like she dropped her phone while yeah uh, using it, going to the bathroom, and so she proceeded to try to retrieve it by tying off dog leashes. Um, oh, I didn't know that part. Anchor. And then she fell in anyway, and she had to <laughs> call nine one one and be rescued out of this outhouse. When I when I read that story, like. I was thinking, thank God she was retrieving her cell phone and not like something dumb because she had her phone on her. So yeah. she was able to call. I want can you imagine if she dropped in like uh, a white claw and she's like, I still want to drink that white claw that oh, fell, in, yeah. fell in the poo and she goes down there and gets stuck. Honestly, I don't think I would even try to get the phone. Like I've thought about no. those facilities. Like I'm like, man, if I drop something in there, it's gone. Oh, like, yeah. I'm not. My it's, phone is my phone is that. gone. Um, yeah, that's why I have insurance on my phone. Right, get buy. Like I'm not trying to get no. that. What's like buy? Even phone. if you retrieve it, like what are you gonna do with it? And yeah, like you you're gonna put that up to your face? It's shit. It's in literal shit. Like, you're gonna, like no. you're gonna put your mouth on that? You're gonna no, make no. out of that thing? You're like come on. Uh, all right, one more one more quick thing. A woman was at uh, brunch and things got out of hand. Uh, 
I'm going to play the video. Maybe you describe what's happening for our listening audience, Jason. Uh, here we go. All right. All right. There's there's a looks like someone's stuck behind a booth and two people are pulling a, this person. They're pulling on her legs, trying to pull her out from behind a booth at like a diner. Like she is literally stuck behind this booth in a wall and they cannot. They are struggling yeah. to remove her from that. Yeah, like, she is. Wow. Uh, she's stuck in there. Like this happened, I guess, as a it's a brunch situation, and things. You know, once the mimosas start flowing for brunch, I guess yeah, before you know it, your head is stuck behind the corner booth, and uh, she's still stuck in there watching the video. And uh, two people on staff are trying to pull her out. Well, uh, did you think she dropped her phone? Is that what happened? I had, I don't know, but yeah, those guys. I mean. Should it be that hard? Everyone's laughing. Like you think that lady's laughing who's stuck behind there? Like I, I you know, I oh, uh, she's probably panicked as fuck, right? Yeah, it probably. Well, would looks be. like they got her. They finally got her out. Oh, she's laughing. Oh, well, good for her. So at that point, if you're uh, part of the wait staff, do you cut her off or do you keep serving her mimosa? Um. <laughs> I think I still serve. <laughs> maybe maybe she was trying to put her gum back there. You know, chew spent gum. Uh, you know how, how did that uh, happen? You know. She probably dropped uh something back there and was like, I'll I'll grab it real quick and then I'll you know. get it and then Yeah. But that was pretty funny. At least she had a she had a good attitude. I mean, what are yeah. you gonna do? She uh yeah. Imagine well, calling the fire department yeah. for that. Well, they didn't call the fire department. There's just like two guys that work there. Imagine it. All right. I'm imagining it. Uh, We'll be back uh, next time. Chris will be back from his assignment. I'll be coming to you live from the city of angels, as they call it. Los Angeles uh, from the Adobe studios. uh, And uh, Jason will be joining me shortly after that for uh, we'll both be together in the same room in Los Angeles. Looking forward to it. Uh, in a few weeks, and then uh, a lot of exciting things happening. Uh, follow the show on Instagram. It's news to us. We post video content on there all the time throughout the week. Uh, various clips on the show, things you might have missed. You can catch up on it's news to us on Instagram with uh, various highlights. We'll be back next time. Thanks for joining the show. That's a bunch of malarkey.